0: The following is a Hoop Ball presentation.
1: What's up everybody? I'm Naji Adams and I'm um, Hunter Jacobs and you're listening to The Hoop Ball Nets podcast. We are back with another episode for you guys. I hope you're excited because we are excited. But before we get into everything, make sure you guys subscribe to the Hubo Nets Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, give it a download wherever you guys listen to your podcasts. Leave that five star rating and review on Apple Pods, and uh, they will get right on the podcast. You can follow me at Naji Adams underscore. You can follow Hunter at Hunter underscore jkr on Twitter. And, uh, you can follow the pod at Hoop Ball Nets. I gotta get in my own plug. If you, uh, rock with me, you can follow my podcast at Run It Up Pod or just look up the Run It Up Podcast on, um, Apple Pod or wherever you listen to podcasts, really, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, uh, you can look up the Run It Up Pod and my own podcast will come up. Uh Last week I talked about Top Shot with uh LG Doucette, he's the host of The First Mint, so if you know anything about Top Shot or if you want to get to know about Top Shot, you can check out my podcast, so yeah, um... Today, we kind of want to touch on the uh, Blake Griffin signing, what it means for the team, talk about the game versus the Knicks, uh, whether or not Julius Randle's travel was actually a travel, Uh, their most recent game versus the Pacers, P.J. Tucker to the Bucks, and then uh, yeah, kind of just see where it goes from there. So uh, without further ado, we'll just kind of get into it. Blake Griffin is a Brooklyn Net. He has been for about a week and a half now. Hunter, what was your initial reaction when the uh, when the Nets signed Blake Griffin?
2: Well, uh, as soon as it was found out that Griffin was parting ways with the Pistons, I think we knew that the Nets would be atop of that list. Um, they had even asked Harden at one point after that about adding players to the squad, and Harden basically found a way to just directly go that it was Blake Griffin. Like, without naming him, like you you knew he was talking about Blake Griffin. And uh, if if he's able to fit the role that they're going to ask of him, I don't think it's a bad ad. It's just hopefully the theories about him not playing as hard since he was in Detroit are accurate. Because if he's playing at that same level, it could harm them more than anything. But I don't think it's a bad signing.
1: Yeah, uh... I, I was kind of on the same boat. Once he got released from the Pistons, I feel like the, the Nets were the front runners. Uh, I believe like right when he could be announced to be signed to a new team, like at 5 PM or whatever the actual deadline was, he was announced on the minute that he yeah, was going to I the Nets. I got the
2: notification at 5.01.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it was probably, probably pretty set in stone. I mean, after he said that KD had been recruiting him more than anything, which, uh, which is actually pretty interesting to me. Because, uh, you know, KD's actually not playing right now, but he's still being active and recruiting guys to the Nets, which is kind of what you want to see out of your team leader. So that's great for the team and KD as a whole. Um, It shows you kind of where his head's at. He knows he's going to be fine, come back, and still sees the Nets as a championship team, as he should. Um, What I think Blake Griffin brings to the Nets, uh, I think it's still up in the air. Uh, if he was just playing down, because the, if he was just playing bad because the Pistons were bad, then I think that he could bring quite a lot to the Nets. But if he actually is just as bad as he was this season, then I think it could be a problem. He obviously is not much on the defensive end, but the Nets have been making that work all season long. And I don't think they're very worried about defense. Um, when it comes to offense, the, Not even offense. I think what Blake Griffin brings to the Nets is a playmaking big, which they don't really have. You know, they said that they want to bring him off the bench as a stretch big, but I think that more so kind of plays to him being able to run the offense. And, and not even running, just facilitating offense around with, with him as the primary ball handler for certain plays. They don't have a big right now, unless you count KD as a big that, that can do that on the team. DeAndre Jordan can't do it. Nick Claxton can't do it. And, uh, that is about the extent of the Nets' bigs. Um, and if,
2: even if you count Jeff Green, he's not really a facilitator. Blake Griffin's passing has always been well above average for, for big men in the league. Like, Multiple years with the Clippers and and even with the start of his time in Detroit, he was averaging over four assists a game. So he has vision. So if he embraces that role of being a pass first big and can help them play some five out, sit in the corners or on the wing and shoot threes if Harden gets him that look, then it could be a perfect fit. And
1: not only that, but think about, so like, if the Nets are healthy, think about what a, what, what Griffin facilitating an offense could look like having Kyrie Harden, NKD all off ball. Defenses would be absolutely. And they would have no clue what to do because they three best players. Not a single one of them is touching the ball and all three of them are on the court. So at, at like at a moment's notice, you could just kick it to Kyrie, kick it to Harden, kick it to KD and it's wraps for any defense. So I think that will bring another layer to the Nets. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what would our closing lineup be? Like come playoff time, do we close with KD at the five? Like do we run out Kyrie, Harden? Jeff Green, or Kyrie Harden, Bruce Brown, Blake Griffin, KD?
2: Um, I'm not going to lie. There is a chance that Spencer Dinwiddie will be back at that time. Oh, you are 100% right. <laughs> and if he's there, as of right now, I believe you would close out with Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Harden, KD, and Blake.
1: That's a tough, tough lineup.
2: And if the defense doesn't work out that way, I believe you would insert Claxton for Blake. But I do believe you them closing with Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Harden, and KD, there's no team that has the defensive capabilities to stop that.
1: No, I'm I'm with you. I didn't even take that into account that Dinwiddie could be back. And you're 100% right. He definitely could be. So that could be an absolutely insane closing lineup for the Nets come playoff time. But I guess we'll have to wait and see what Spencer doing what his recovery process is looking like. Um, but kind of moving on to that game against the, uh, the New York Knicks, the battle of New York. Uh, <laughs> so in like, obviously me and Hunter live in New York. This is a huge game every year, especially now that both teams are relatively good. You know, uh, the Nets are obviously good. The Knicks. They are good, I guess you would say. Like they're right at 500. I think they're like a game below 500, maybe. But, um, this is the best the Knicks have been in a long time. It's the best the Nets have been in a long time. So things obviously in New York got a little lit. Um, did you, w- whenever these two teams play, do you ever have a team that you prefer to win? I always pick the Nets just cause our friend Daniels, a Knicks fan, and I like to see him not win. So.
2: Yeah, personally, it's it's. I have one of those in every sport where it's like, I want my friend not to win. <laughs> so uh, it's like the, the Patriots. I will never in my life root for the Patriots because my friend is possibly the worst human being in the world whenever they win. So it's similar with the Knicks. Whenever they even win a game, I don't hear the end of how R.J. Barrett is the – the next Michael Jordan, and he just has to be given time. It's like I, I'd rather just see the Nets win because it's already expected. They don't really talk a lot; just they they do their business and keep it moving.
1: And so the Nets did indeed win, and uh, so the Nets won one seventeen to one twelve. Things got hazy there there at the end. Uh, we actually Hunter included, uh, we, we watch, we all watch the game in our little friend group. We watch the game on PlayStation and so whatever there's rare games that we do that for. And so whenever those games do come, it's always a good time. Uh, the, the, uh, Knicks outscored the Nets in the second quarter and the first quarter. Uh, they outscored them by five in the first. Oh, that is a lie. They out, the, the Knicks outscored the Nets in the fourth quarter by seven, which is what made the game so close. Outside of that, the Nets outscored them in the first, the second, and then they tied it up in the third at, uh, 29 apiece. Um, Julius Randle is, obviously very, very good at basketball. He's their primary facilitator and ball handler and scorer and defender, and he's just very good, and he's found his place on the Knicks. Um, he played 41 minutes. Uh, he was 13 of 27 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 5 turnovers. He had 33 points. Uh, the man was very, very good. Reggie Bullock actually what came out of nowhere, 19 points on 5 of 10 shooting from deep. R.J. Barrett, 23 on 6 of 14 from the field. He was flawless from the free throw line, 10 of 10. And then uh, the rookie sensation, Emmanuel, quickly, 21 points and uh, 4 of 12 from 3, 6 of 19 from the field. He uh, shot the second most shots on the team behind Julius Randle. And uh, yeah, outside of that, no one really stands out. Alec Burks off the bench had 12 points, but he missed a very, very crucial three-pointer.
2: I was going to ask you, why do you think it is that they went with Burks in that closing lineup?
1: I don't know. I I I guess just because he's a veteran and they might have trusted him to to close out a game because he he's like I said he's a vet he's been in the league for a couple a good little while so they trusted him to to be a closer for them and being their closing lineup obviously that was the wrong mistake cuz he literally bricked a wide open 3. That would have put the Nets up by one. That would have put the Knicks down by one or tied the game. Regardless it was it would have made the score very very close
2: it was a very important shot and he just did not have it
1: not at all moving on to the nets James Harden has been absolutely incredible uh my front runner for MVP if Embiid depending on how much time Embiid actually does miss Harden is probably my MVP uh 21
2: for me in the in the ladder right now
1: is Jokic second
2: yeah I have Embiid then Jokic yeah
1: uh for me I have Embiid Harden Jokic. So, but regardless, either, either one of the three, whichever one of them wins, I'm fine with. They all deserve it. Uh, 21 points from Harden, 15 and 15, like his 9,000th triple double since becoming a net, nine of nine from the free throw line, six of 15 from the field. He was 0 of five from three and still had an impeccable game, played 40 minutes. This game was uh a back and forth game for the most part Kyrie played incredibly tonight uh, that night he was 13 of 18 from the field four of six from three dropped 34 which was a team high and also a game high
2: I wanted to ask you what do you make of Bruce Brown only playing seven minutes while Tyler Johnson had 16 and Shamit had 23 I
1: don't really make too much of it um I think that they just rotate people in and out based on the matchup. Cause if, if you look at their most recent game versus the Pacers, Bruce Brown started and played 24 minutes and Tyler Johnson, he didn't start, but he played 31 minutes. And then, but that was without Kyrie. So I guess we'll see. Uh, I would like to see what that looks like against the Pacers when they do have Kyrie. Uh, and then Landry Shamet played 25 minutes. I also think that the Nets are going to have to, to run this. They're trying to develop this, this lineup and these rotations now, but I feel like a lot of that's going to change once Blake Griffin and KD, well, once Blake Griffin gets integrated into it and KD gets reintegrated into it. So, um, I'm very interested to see what the Nets, the, the Nets playoff rotation looks like, how deep they decide to go. Cause when you think about it, they could be like their starters, obviously five deep, Claxton, six deep, uh, Bruce Brown, seven deep. Tyler Johnson eight deep, TLC nine deep, Shamit ten deep, Chioza and and Reggie Perry.
2: That means one of Jeff Green or Blake Griffin is on the bench.
1: So they could be ten or eleven deep. <laughs> like, so I'm 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 interested to see how Steve uh, Steve I almost said Steve Brown. I'm interested to see how Steve Nash tightens up the rotation come playoff time.
2: Well, also, do you think that um. Claxton deserves the reins to the center position.
1: I feel like he does, man. I feel like he's very versatile on the defensive end, and he's just a stud as like he's not he he's not super versatile on the offensive end, but he gets the job done. He can do probably everything that DeAndre Jordan can do, and he's just a more versatile defender. So yeah, I get that he's younger, and they're trying to give DeAndre Jordan the like the benefit of the doubt, the veteran leadership role, and, and that's cool, but. You start your best players, and right now Nick Claxton is the best player on the best center on the uh, on the net. So I believe he deserves a starting spot. And honestly, he's playing more minutes than DeAndre Jordan anyway, so you might as well just give him the spot. In the Knicks game he didn't, but in the Pacers game he did, so
2: Well, that could be their uptrend, noticing it, but going deep into my my analytics as always, Claxton's on court numbers are some of the the best that we've seen in a long time. And that's probably because he's only played 150 minutes on the season and 1844 that he didn't play. But in those 150 minutes, his net rating is plus 25. Insane. And his when he's off the court, it's plus four. So that's just because the nets are good. But the 20-point difference in – rating on off court is something we don't usually see he has a near 23 per he shoots above 60 percent from the field his win shares are going up it, it's just he makes me think why the nets would even want another center if we're being honest
1: no i i'm i'm with you uh, I just want to take the time out to say this is not an escalated. But Anthony Edwards currently has forty-one points. He's been going off lately. We're we're recording on a what is tonight? A Thursday night, and the Timberwolves are playing the Suns. And uh, yeah, Anthony Edwards has forty-two, and Cat has forty-one, and the Timberwolves are winning. That's
2: insane. Um, and also sidebar with the on-off court numbers. DeAndre Jordan is. Plus three point six when he's on, and plus seven point three when he's off, for a negative three point seven overall rating. Jesus.
1: So yeah, I feel like the 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 eye like what the eye test proves that Claxton should be starting, and also the the regular stats as well as the advanced and analytical stats prove that he should be starting. Um, and so I feel like once the playoffs comes, Steve Nash might make that change, but he also well, couldn't.
2: Let me ask you: Do you think? the Nets should even go for a center or that it will be overcrowding and begin to cause more problems I don't
1: think they should go for it I don't think they should necessarily gun for a center like if someone like Andre Drummond gets bought out just from a pure talent, not talent, talent standpoint uh I think they should give him a look just because why would you not I feel like it would be foolish to not give Andre Drummond a look he can obviously provide for a lot of things that this team is missing but if not, like if Andre Drummond doesn't get bought out, let's say he gets traded, let's say he wants to go to the Lakers, like I don't think that, or any other team, I don't think that the Nets should, should feel like they lost something, or that Nets fans should be hoping that we get another center. I think that right now is currently constructed, we can still do a lot of damage to a lot of teams in the playoffs. Um, the biggest challenges obviously come against bigs like Joel Embiid, against bigs like Bam Adebayo. Uh If you if let's say we somehow play the Nuggets in the finals, you know, a big like Nikola Jokic would obviously do damage. But uh at the end of the day, uh the Nets have KD who's unguardable, James Harder who's unguardable, and uh Kyrie Irving, who's unguardable. So I mean a lot of the time you're just purely outfiring those teams on offense. So um yeah, I don't think the Nets should be gunning for a center, but I think they should do their due diligence when it comes to the bio market and, and seeing what bigs they could possibly pick up. Um in that game versus the Knicks, they shot in incredibly from the field 57.9 from the field 41.4 from three outshot them on in both areas they did lose the the, the free throw battle but you know, that's fine and then uh, they lost a turnover battle as well almost doubled the, the knicks in turnovers and uh still managed to win so that's a great win for the nets uh obviously it could have been a more dominant win but it was a win for the nets and nonetheless well, what it
2: came down to was the the nets were able to close the game mm-hmm where the Knicks couldn't, if if they made the, their open shots at the end, they would have won the game.
1: And I know you wanted to ask me about the uh, the controversial Julius Randle travel, not travel. So uh, what? Let it fly.
2: Um. Well, I know the the rule and why it why it is a travel, but off the off the eye test, did you originally think it was a travel? Um. I did think it was a travel but
1: I think I think as we look at it like as I look, like once you explained it to me I was like oh yeah it's not a travel so yeah go ahead and explain it to everyone else cuz once you explained it to me I understood.
2: Well, okay. What Julius Randle did was a travel. He had a way out of it. If he dropped the ball before his feet hit the ground, it's a live ball because Kyrie touched it. Now, the only thing with that is he couldn't be the first one to pick it back up. So, if he dropped it, he would have had to hope that one of his teammates could grab it before Kyrie would, which is probably impossible. So, regardless, the Nets probably would have ended up with a the ball there, but it was a travel because of what Randall did. He had full control and he landed with the ball. So, even though Kyrie touched it as a travel, it was an up-and-down Nets ball. Randall wasn't happy, but his way out of it was dropping the ball if he dropped the ball it's a live ball and so yeah i think
1: if he would have hit if had he hit a three i would have put the the knicks down by one and so yeah it would have definitely made a change in the game but like hunter said he actually did travel so he can't be that upset um and so yeah moving on to to their matchup against actually i kind of want to talk about the uh the, the, the PJ Tucker trade first before we go into their trade. I, I mean, their game against the Pacers. So obviously the Bucks have traded for PJ Tucker. He wanted to get out of that Rockets uniform ever since James Harden left and he realized they are no longer a contender. The Rockets have lost something like 17 or 18 straight games. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're horrible. And so what, what, uh, actually wait, question is Boogie signed to a team? No. So I wonder if he's going to get picked up. That's a sidebar, but like I was saying, the 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 Bucks acquired PJ Tucker. So uh he had wanted to go to a contender. The Bucks are obviously a contender. Do you think that uh the Nets should be worried now that PJ Tucker is on the Milwaukee Bucks?
2: I wouldn't say worried, but the end-of-game defensive lineup for the Bucks is pretty insane. Uh if if it winds up being matched up where Giannis is with KD. Um, Middleton is with Harden. Holiday's with Kyrie. Tucker is probably with whatever center they roll out. And it, it's, it's a pretty versatile defensive lineup. So I do believe that the Bucks might actually pose the biggest threat to them now. As oh. opposed to the Sixers. I mean, I don't think they'll... They'll push them past six, but I do think the games will be more interesting versus the Bucks than against anyone else.
1: Yeah, I think that P.J. Tucker is going to bring, like you said, I think that uh, P.J. Tucker is going to bring a very high level defense to to a team that's already really good defensively and has a lot of great individual defenders. Uh, I think they can still kind of work on their team defense and obviously PJ Tucker is going to help with that a very skilled veteran who can defend probably the one through the five uh we saw that the Rockets were playing his him as their primary center so he's he's used to to guarding big men he's guarded Anthony Davis
2: uh, uh you have failed to mention the best player in the deal though who is that Rodion's Kuruk. Oh yes, Rodion's
1: Kurooks is now on the. Wait, is he on the Bucks?
2: Yes, sir. He's now on the Bucks. Rodi
1: on the Bucks is gonna be tough when we got to see him in the playoffs.
2: I hope, hey, he, I hope. I hope for his sake he gets some minutes. I
1: hope he gives us a cool fifteen piece.
2: <laughs> hey, I wouldn't be mad. Let Rodi come in as their six man and smoke of the bench
1: a hundred percent um and so yeah i think I, i don't think it pushes the bucks over the edge by any means but i definitely think it was a very good pickup for them i know a lot of teams have been trying to get pj tucker uh like the heat also got trevor ariza so a lot of the east teams are making moves to try and combat the nets and I think the the the, the Nets are going to have quite a a run through the playoffs and have some some very difficult teams to to overcome. Uh they could see the heat in the second round and then they might see either the the Bucks or the 76ers in the fine the Eastern Conference Finals and that is a that's a gauntlet to run and that's just the east. Then you got to get to the west in the finals, maybe see the Lakers, maybe see the Clippers, maybe the Jazz, the Nuggets, all very uh uh great teams and uh yeah, the 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 competition around the Nets is continuing to get better, but uh the Nets are still without the second best player in the entire universe at basketball and they're still winning a, a crap ton of game, so they should be fine. <laughs> um and uh yeah, we've movement... seen
2: the stat that when uh when TLC plays less than 10 minutes, the Nets are undefeated.
1: <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I mean, people really dislike TLC. Like I didn't know that they did so much, but you, the thing you DM'd me that was like, what was it? It it was a, it was a picture of, bro, it's
2: like a picture of a trash can, and and oh oh no 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 no, it was says how you say
1: thank you in Spanish in Spanish and obviously it's gracias, but it was a picture of grass, a picture a sea of and sea, and a picture of TLC, bro. That is absolutely hilarious, bro. Bro,
2: oh, I saw another one too. People really go crazy on him. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think he should even sniff a playoff minute, unless they're blowing a team out. It's bad. It's to that point. He's he's been a detriment.
1: Yeah, no, he's been he's definitely been a detriment. Um, but hopefully he turns things around. We'll see. Um, moving on to their game against the, against the Pacers, they managed to win that one as well without Kyrie. This was a game that they could have chalked. They could have said, you know what? We don't have Kyrie. We don't have KD. This is a game. We don't actually need to win. We could take a little break, but, uh, no, Nets came out with just James Harden as their, their only superstar on the court and absolutely, uh, dominant. I don't want to say dominated because it was within 10 points. I think they won by, they they won by nine but uh, Harden had a dominant performance, he was plus 25, he had 40 points, 15 assists, 10 rebounds, another triple-double, 13 of 27 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3, so in his last two games he is what, 2 of 14 from 3, and uh, still putting up great numbers, 12 of 14 from the free throw line, um, uh Nick Claxton actually played more minutes than DeAndre Jordan. Uh he took 10 shots which which is 5 more than DeAndre Jordan. Uh DeAndre Jordan went 5 of 5, Nick Claxton went 5 of 10. He had 11 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 blocks and D Jordan had a uh, 10 points and 5 rebounds. And uh yeah, that was really the only crazy performances our guy old reliable, Joe Harris had nineteen plus twenty two, five of seven from three. Man's a knockdown shooter, one of the best shooters in the league. And then uh, Well
2: we we need to well, before before we move on, um the the Nets did turn the ball over again sixteen times. I mean they forced sixteen in this game. But That's something they could tone down a little bit, because that's probably the reason that these games have been so close. But I'm sure with KD coming back and Blake, things will change. And uh, Landry Shamit actually drew the start in this one. Is this his first start of the season?
1: Uh, I want to say yes,
2: but... Yeah, I think so also. But I cannot confirm that. But... That's interesting that they threw him into the starting lineup. They usually roll with Tyler Johnson in that spot.
1: I mean, Tyler Johnson played really well, played 31 minutes. He uh, had 15 points, four rebounds, four of nine from the field. Um, Just looking at the Pacer stats, Malcolm Brogdon and Demontis Sabonis, uh, as well as Karis LeVert. Shout out, Karis. This is his first game against us. Yeah, yes. His first game against us. Karis. Came back. Great to see him back on the court and balling. He will always have a special place in Nets fans' hearts. Uh, 6 of 16 from the field. Wasn't the revenge game I would bet he's hoping for, but he did have 19 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, 2 steals. He's still getting his, his legs up under him. He was out for a good little while. The, uh, Do you
0: think
2: the, uh, the Pacers are a team to watch out for as like an underdog to make a run in the playoffs when they have TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb back? And the Levert at full strength.
1: I think that they're a really deep team. I just don't fear them. Like I, I I don't
2: have any, any dominating takeover type of player.
1: No. And like, I fear the, the Sixers. I fear the heat. I fear the bucks. I don't fear the Pacers, you know, like they're not even positive. They're not even above 500 right now. Uh, uh, but, but that's not to say they can't get over 500. I think they'll, they're a lot for the playoffs. They're gonna, they're one of the best eight teams in the league, in the East, at least. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think that, that they're, uh, they're that scary for some reason. Um, Sabonis so played well. He played 40 minutes, eight of 11 from the field, 18 points, 11 assists, 11 rebounds. So he dropped a nice little triple double, had four steals and a block as well. Uh, he was one of the only players, he was the only play, one of three players to be have a positive plus minus on, uh, on the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon, 10 of 17, only one of five from three. He dropped 24. Uh, like I said, Karras had 19 and then off the bench, um, TJ McConnell, the man who had 9,000 steals a couple of games ago had 12 points on six of nine shooting. And then, uh, Doug McDermott had uh 12 points as well on four of seven from the field. And so, yeah, just another day in the office for the Nets. Uh, It was impressive because, like I said, this could have been a game that they just absolutely chalked and said, you know, we'll, we'll come back better next time. But, uh, no, they went full strength and happened to, uh, to really be a a Pacers team. That's actually pretty good. And so their next game is coming up tomorrow, Friday, March 19th against the Magic, another game that they should win. And then another against Washington that they also should win. So, uh, the next big game on the next. On the Nets' docket comes on Wednesday, March 14th, when they match up against the one-seeded Jazz. It could be a matchup of the one seeds because right now, I believe the Nets are the one seed in the East, and the Jazz are far and away the one seed in the West. So that could be a really cool matchup. Can't wait to can't wait to see that one. We'll dive into that on another uh, episode coming up. But um, yeah. Outside of that, I know Hunter, you just wanted to discuss the buyout market a little bit. Was there anything you wanted to to touch on about that?
2: Well, I I, it's mainly whether or not the Nets should go for anybody on that market. And I think they should take a wait-and-see approach for how Blake Griffin fits in with them. Because let's say they jump the gun before Blake Griffin's fully adjusted and go and get DeMarcus Cousins or go and get a, a Drummond or an Aldridge even. And it turns out that they're way too overcrowded and it's like a too many mouths to feed situation, then it's going to wind up being the biggest mistake they made all season. So I don't know if they should even bother signing anybody else or hoping that Spencer Dinwiddie can get back and he can be that supporting bench player.
1: You know, I, uh, a hundred percent hope that, uh, the Nets can take that way into your approach and come out on top, actually. And, uh, but I guess, like, the Nets will have to wait into you as well, but that will do it. For this episode of the Hoopball Nets podcast, I hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe to the HBN podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Give it a download. Give it a five-star rating and review. We will read all reviews on the pod. You can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. Myself, I am at Najee Adams underscore. And uh, Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that would do it for this episode. Let me give you your letter before we dip a P. P Paul Pierce The Truth PJ Washington was mine and with that we will talk to you guys next time
0: This has been a hoop ball presentation